This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Bing bong, whatever, bing, bing bong. Boy, is it, boy, is it all around. <laughs> What's going on, Claire and everybody on the show that we do? Well, um, so the pandemic is no longer news anymore. Yep. And instead we're looking overseas at the Russian invasion oh, of Ukraine. Claire, come on, man. And the terrible floods that are happening in Queensland. Cool. Any, any other bad news? <laughs> okay, so right up top, I want to say I feel like – there is enough doom and gloom in the news cycle and maybe we should just make an episode that's light and fun. And, wow. I'm so glad you, know, you said that. Full of things for, for distraction. I agree because uh, this week on Suggestible, which is the show where we suggest things to watch, read and listen to, my name is James and this is Claire and we're married and we, 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 we That's what we do. We do we the thing that, that they just said. Yeah. I thought to myself, I, th- I, th- I thought a couple of things. Now, I don't believe in Valentine's Day, Claire. I find it disgusting it's just a oh, commercial no. I wrote a whole thing and about whatever it. about <laughs> a, what no i'm not really like that but i'll tell you this though this week uh because i don't believe in valentine's day i picked two things that reflect what when i want to celebrate the valentine's day season claire and i didn't just watch these two really trashy like valentine's day and love related things because i've had a four-day hangover <laughs> i watched them for the reasons that i set up top which is that you love Valentine's Day? I don't know. What was that All right. thing? I, I actually, actually don't mind it. Whatever. Right. Do it or don't. Okay. I do think before we get into your love fun fested, oh. your love fest. Are you going to do a sad fueled, thing? I'm going to say love fest fueled by your hangover. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I do want to say that if anyone is affected by the events that are happening at the moment, if you are in Ukraine, if you are Russian, if you have friends or relatives there, we are so desperately Thinking of you and are so sorry for what's happened mm. and are looking for ways to donate. So Collings will put a link in the show notes below to UNICEF. Fantastic. Um, We've worked with them before for charity. We have. They do wonderful work and there's yeah. lots of charities doing wonderful things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think sometimes we can feel powerless in the face of this kind of stuff. Mm. And I also, if you are somewhere in the world that has unrest, that is experiencing insane weather like the Queenslanders from our country are at the moment, our thoughts are with you as well. That's all I really want to say. It's not much. It's just a. It's just a tired oh, woman nice. saying that I'm thinking of everyone. And how much more can people take? That is my I question. Know. We're James. certainly having a lot of once in a lifetime. This thing happens, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, it's like it's like... been a lot of those lately. I know, and I just it's almost as if some's wrapping up. You know what I mean? I like some like maybe we're not treating the wood very well, yeah. and maybe something... that maybe oh, it's well. the apocalypse. Maybe I it don't is. know. Anyway, I just thought before we get into your love filled funness, that was all I wanted to say. Well, now I don't it's feel not really very helpful. fun. <laughs> but we'll set it aside because 
Everyone needs a bloody break, mate. Here's something that'll so give you a break. So let's go for it. Where did you land? Where did you land with your Valentine's Day love fest fueled by your hangover? I watched a couple of things, Claire. The first one I watched is Marry Me. It's directed <gasps> by Kat Coryro. Who Coyro. are we even as a couple? Because I would always be the one that would watch the rom-com I kept first. saying, you should watch this and you, you didn't watch it. So no, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. It's loaded in my barrel. Uh, it's true. It's based <laughs> on the graphic novel of the same name. It stars one Jennifer Lopez. It stars Who? one Owen Wilson. It stars one Sarah Silverman. It stars one Chloe Coleman. I'm going to read you the synopsis and you tell me if you think this is the synopsis. Trick question it is. Okay. Uh, pop superstar Kat Valdez is about to get married before an audience of her loyal fans. However, seconds before the ceremony, she learns about her fiancé's cheating ways and has a meltdown on stage. In a moment of inspired insanity, Kat locks eyes with a total stranger in the crowd and marries him on the spot. As forces conspire to separate the unlikely newlyweds, they must soon decide if two people from such different worlds can find true love together. And you might be thinking that, that sounds, sounds like terrible. that's is that Notting Hill? Yes, it is. It's Notting Hill, but it's been 23 years and they just remade Notting Hill. But I will say this, I really enjoyed it. Now it's kind of like pitched as like a romantic comedy, but it's not it's not very funny. And I don't mean like the jokes don't land because the jokes that are in here, like it is funny. Like Sarah Silverman in particular is really funny. There's a bunch of stuff that happens with like there's like kids involved, which I'll talk about in a bit, which is like really funny and sweet moments. But it's more like nice and fun and like feel good than like knee-slappingly funny. Do you know what I mean? Which is good, which I think is like a strength of it. Like it's not it's, – it's very sincere in a way that doesn't feel like – Forced, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's walked that line between like sincere and like saccharine like quite well. Um, the other thing is, I guess it's because everybody who's in it is like is very likable. The character played by Jennifer Lopez is not like an awful, like out of touch pop star. You know, she's she's like a little, you know, disconnected from reality in certain aspects, and that comes up, but she's not like, I don't understand anything. Like do you know what I mean? She's she's a, like a real person. It feels that way. And Owen Wilson, you know, is obviously the same because in this he plays a teacher and he has like a math club that his daughter's in and he's trying to like inspire his math club and whatever at the same time while he's dating this this pop star. And look, it's got lots of like music and like like new music in particular, like written for this movie, it seems. Like a lot of pop hits, Claire. Do you like new pop hits? Of course I Sung do. by one Jennifer Lopez and other characters. Uh, it's got a lot of dancing, a lot of like classroom dancing and things like that. Everyone having a good time and the drama in it like feels real and not contrived because obviously in these things like these couples are like is this really going to work or whatever but it's not like one of those situations where I saw you with so and so and they're like well that didn't mean anything or whatever it feels more kind of feels more natural and like well paced in that respect you know what I mean they're both I think Mason refers to like often with movies situations can be like solved if you just left a post-it on the fridge it was just like oh I was talking to this person because they wanted to ask me about whatever you know what I mean yeah. where like nobody has nobody like explains to the other person what's going on and it's just really cool and fun I really liked it uh you should you should watch it Claire I think you'd really enjoy it, it sounds uh, so far up my alley it, it really may is as well be called Claire Alley that's what it should be called it should be called Claire Alley and people will be like why is that called Claire why is it called Claire Alley what's that about but you know you know you know Yes. Marry Me makes more sense, though, as a name, <laughs> I feel like. Uh, anyways, it's available on, like, multiple streaming services. It is in the movies in Australia. Excellent. But, you, know, you can use here's VPNs. A, here's a question. And I'm like, I love it. Give me a question. Here's a question. Do you think that Jennifer Lopez is a genius? Probably. It's funny because I looked up her age. She's, she's 52 somehow. She looks 
unbelievable. And it's like obviously it's hard work and like very good surgery and all of those things and she clearly keeps very fit and all those kinds of things. But in the movie at some point someone's like, yeah, she's on the other end of 35. And I'm like, yeah, she could be. Like you wouldn't. You wow. wouldn't know, like, at all. And Owen Wilson's probably around 50 and he's still looking good with his with his blonde mop of yeah. hair and whatever. And Owen Wilson's daughter's really great in this as well. She's really, like, just, like, a really good character and you believe the relationship that Owen Wilson has oh, with her. I, I love him. I do yeah. really and like, he's all like Owen Wilson. Yeah, and he's trying to, like, protect her from, yeah. like, all of that situation and all of those things. And he's like, I don't really want her to meet this person because from the start he's not like, oh, my God, I fall into this thing and I'm head over heels. He's like... This is lunacy. Like, what do we do? Like, I know this isn't real and forever. Do you know what I mean? Why like, did he say yes, though, at the he beginning? Was, he, well, it's in the story, but he was just like, I don't know, they just had this kind of connection in the moment and, you know, you could see that, like, she clearly, like, experienced this trauma on stage of finding out what what, what yeah. happened to her partner and he was just like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to do, do it. this thing or whatever. It's so, okay, so going back to, so Owen Wilson, I really like him a lot in a lot yeah. of different things. What I want to talk about briefly with Jennifer Lopez before we move on is sure. that I think she has to be one of the most hardworking yeah. prof- like entertainers Absolutely. Of, of our time at the moment mm. because when you look at everything she's done and even just the incredible, you know when she did the Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. just the artistry that she creates. And I know she's a pop star and she's known for her pop music first. Yeah, that's she's fine. also a really good actress. I agree. A really good actress. Made in Manhattan. Yeah. And, Another and, thing. And I'm not saying they're like particularly groundbreaking films, but but Hustlers. she's always Yeah, but she's always really likable, but also funny, but also down to earth in them, even though yeah. she's not she is ostensibly one of the most famous people in the world. She was in the movie Jack from 1996. Remember the yes, movie Jack? And she's great in that. She's too. in the movie Anaconda, which also <laughs> stars Owen Wilson. Monster in law. I just think she does really clever, smart choices. The and, wedding planner. Yeah, and even though they're very like popcorn stuff, right? Yeah. Like her pop music is very palatable. She's Jenny from the Block. All of that stuff, it it takes so much to make something look so easy. I agree. And I think that that – and I just think the way she looks in her 50s is obviously because of her enormous wealth and – and well, you know, say, access the to, to everything. Uh, exactly. Secret to aging. However, is just yes, enormous wealth, but at, at a certain point, and genes, yeah. obviously, but really, that is a bloody lot yeah. of discipline. I feel like the same with like The Rock. Like yeah. he's enormous, and obviously, he has a million people helping, helping him, and he's, he is on, I was going to say almost certainly, but he would be on some like body enhancements to be that yeah, big at that most age. Likely. But you, you can't just take stuff and then you've, like no, the same with her. It's just the you you work have to work that would as go well. Go into that. It's it just fascinates me that kind of that kind of level of drive because I feel like in my fifties I just want to lie down. Yeah, just lie down, mate. <laughs> I'm gonna have a lie down. But if you, you look know, at like the movies that she's been in, there's like a lot of good stuff. And I wouldn't say anything's is just like none of this has won Oscars or anything like that. But it's just like things that people enjoy. That's you know? what I mean. And she does it in a way that feels effortless. Mm. Where behind the scenes there would just be colossal amounts of work. I mean, her beauty lines, all of those things. Anyway, I just really admire that. I think that that she's a really strong businesswoman as well as being a bloody kick-ass dancer. She's a good dancer. And I often think with dancing especially and singing obviously is an incredible skill, but pop music in itself and creating hits an incredible skill. But dancing, you cannot 
get someone else to do that for you. You can't no, get someone not. else to write. You can get someone to like teach you how to dance or te- or design the steps, but you have to dance them. Yeah. You can't sort of record a song and then get it auto-tuned. <laughs> You no, know? it's really. I mean, you can the, a couple of times. Yeah, you know, you no, you can. But, times, but, but that's yeah. what I mean. But with dancing, and that's why I love dancing with stars. I don't know where I'm going with this tangent. Just that I think when you watch her dance, the sheer level of commitment and work that goes into that. I feel the same about Beyonce. I just totally. think the amount of work that goes into and being a lot that of people kind of like, and it, it's also it's luck just, and genetics and whatever. Oh yeah, and but, talent. You know, again, but you can have all the talent in in the world and not be nowhere near. That level. That's right. You have to bloody work. Like me. To your bones. Mm. Anywho, excellent. I'm really going to watch Marry Me. You really should. I'm into it. I'm into it. All right. Can I do my recommendation now? I would love you to give me a recommendation. Excellent too. So my first one is just a bundle of joy. Season four of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's out on Amazon Prime. Yep. Baby, it's back, baby. I kind of fell off because there was a lot of like, what's her husband Joel doing? I'm like, fuck this guy. I don't want to see him ever. Like, just show me <laughs> her and like the people around her. Who and the comedy Except she's for him because like he's not interesting. Um, is that still true? Look, I, I understand where you went with that and I started to fall into that. But then he did become more interesting. Okay. Partly because. Ugh, start again. I'll start. No, she just goes beep, 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 and I'm just <laughs> got stuck on the letter B. Yes, I agree. He was boring, but he started a nightclub, and then what became interesting about that was it was set in Chinatown, and he meets this woman played by Stephanie Shu called Mei Lin, oh. and Mei Lin is an awesome character. So she kind of flips between speaking Chinese and running this kind of really dodgy underground poker ring okay, in cool. Chinatown and a and his Is he nightclub. a gambler or something? Or yeah. was he? Or a drunk? I can't remember. He's a bit of a gambler, but it's actually you're thinking of her manager. Am I okay. Manager, I'd have an, I who can't is the real gambler who loses all of Mason's There was money. a gap in these seasons, right? Significant gap. Yeah, there was the a last. big significant gap. I wonder what happened yeah, in between that caused that. Anyways, anyway, we're keeping it positive. Yes. Can I continue with my I'm story? I'm so sorry. I will stop. So above Above the nightclub where Maylin's running her poker night, Joel opens his nightclub oh. and they think it's going to be a disaster and he makes it into a success. Oh, Joel. And so their relationship is kind of fun and interesting and it make, Maylin's character is really kind of kick-ass and bolshy and quite sassy. And so it's it's this kind of an interesting relationship to follow. So once she enters the picture, I found him more interesting. Was it also so it's not just like she's interesting, it's that they their dynamic is yeah, now he's got someone to banter, banter off. off yeah. yeah, exactly. And the and the you're kind of rooting for his nightclub to succeed and she kind of wants it not to succeed because they just want a cover for their underground pokering. Yeah. And yep, his yep. turns out anyway. Putting all of that aside, the main star of the show is Rachel Brosnahan who plays the comedian Midge Maisel. And for those who don't remember, it's set in the 1950s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Midge is married to Joel initially and then kind of stumbles into, uh, well, she's always really wanted to be a stand-up comedian. She's always loved comedy. Yeah. And it turns out that being a stay-at-home mum with two kids in an, an elegant apartment in New York's Upper West Side seems idyllic. Turns out it's not what she actually wants to do. And when Joel. she finds out that Joel's having an affair, Joel. she does this incredible stand-up special that... It's really funny. You know, it is yeah. super funny, right? And it 
breaks the rule that you always say that stand-up on a TV show is not funny. Yes. But I feel like I say so that a funny. lot now. I'm like, there's the rule that stand-up now every time I'm like, yes, this stand-up was good. <laughs> yeah. And it's not always good. And it also, it's interesting because it walks a fine line between like, if you actually listen to stand-up, I'm so sorry, I'll stop in a minute. <laughs> in a minute. If you see listen to stand-up from that era, it's, a lot of it is very boring because there's so much has been built off it. You know what I mean? Comedy yeah. ages so quickly and they're like, yeah. how about this senator? And I'm like, who the fuck is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, um, and so the what's great about this is, is A, the costumes, the 1950s kind of styling is just gorgeous. But Rachel Brosnahan is so funny as Midge and mm. and – Watching the trajectory of her career, it's really fun. Yeah. Like there's so many d- twists and turns and it's so unheard of at that time for women to be outspoken, let alone be stand-up comics on the stage. And so the battles that she faces all the time with these other male comedians mm. and them not thinking that she's worth anything and then her proving them otherwise but then having to deal with these egos who can't cope with the kinds of comedy that she's doing which yeah. can often be quite explicit and truth-telling. But watching her command a room in that way, mm. it's just so much fun. It's just a wonderful world to immerse in. And what's great about it, I think it's really hit its stride again at the end of the third season, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger where you think she's going on this incredible tour with like one of the most famous comedians in the world at that time. And this is Lenny a spoiler. Bruce. Yes. Sorry, go on. I'm no. going to stop interrupting yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you are interrupting me a lot. I'm tonight. just excited, Claire. I'm excited to talk about comedy and romance. All right. Anyway, at the end of – so she's she's about to get on the plane and she just the night before done this killer stand-up routine but she talked about a whole lot of stuff she wasn't supposed to talk about mm. and they decided they didn't like it and because also she was becoming funnier than he was oh. and there's this kind of dynamic there going on where you feel like she was, you know, causing a stir and they didn't like that. Mm. Anyway, so then she gets to the airport with all her luggage and he cancels her and says he can't get on the plane and it's this real big humiliation and that's kind of how the season ends. And so the opening of the new season is so fun and great because one of the fun things about it is the relationship she has with her manager, Susie, who is played by Alex Borstein. And they have this Mm. kind of like she's very deadpan, Alex, and then you have Midge's character where Rachel Brosnahan plays it so neurotic mm. and all over the place. And there's this really funny scene where they're both in the cab coming straight back from the airport and Maisel just is staring at the window and then just starts laughing and stopping and then laughing and then stopping and then suddenly just decides she can't handle having anything on her body that reminds her of the, like, terrible thing that just happened. She starts stripping off all her clothes and then she grabs it. She makes the cab stop and she grabs a branch from the side of the road. She's standing in her underwear, like, beating the cab with a stick. And it just... It was ridiculous but fun. Yeah. And then you get the feeling that now... They're going to rebuild her career by changing the the whole scene. Because what she yeah. realizes is when she does her best routines is when she's allowed to just be herself. And not be like, I'm this second act to yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they don't want a woman like that in mm. the industry. And so she you get the feeling that she's going to try and change that industry. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's set in the nineteen fifties, but it could have been set in twenty twenty. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that same I mean, no, obviously there's been a, like Ali Wong and so oh, many of other course. incredible it's, comedians of come a long that way, are women. But, it's come a huge amount of way. But, but if you just look at the alone, percentages alone. 
Yeah, exactly. Know. Anyway, it's just so much fun. It's by the same writer as Gilmore Girls, Amy Sherman Palladino. Is oh, it? I, love it? I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. And it's got that same fast-talking, pithy pace. Pithy, fast-talking Yeah, there's a very funny scene where all the different characters from her very big neurotic family are all in a carousel, uh, not a carousel, a, what's that tall, spinny thing? It's got circles, you know, Ferris wheel. It's got circles, penny And they're all in in different little carriages and they have this whole scene where they're all yelling at each other and she has to tell them she's quit the tour and there's all these kind of dynamics going on. Mm. It's really fun. All right, over to you. So it's good. So how many? So it's just started back. It's week yeah, to week. Is that right? Season four. No, I think it's all dropped. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just haven't watched all the way through. Yeah. But it's on Amazon Prime. Well, well, I've got something. You know, because I it's the season of love, and you know that, Claire. Because I don't believe in Valentine's Day. I celebrate love all year round. And I'm all happy right. to, except Here for Valentine's Day. Have you told them yet about what you gave me for Valentine's Day? I haven't. Day? Well, I was going to give that to you on our other spin-off show, our even less <laughs> successful podcast, Suggestible in the City. But yeah, I did get you a, a special necklace. It's well, I mean, the you can best. tell if you want. No, you should tell them. You okay, tell. so it's every, made my day. Made everybody knows. Everybody knows uh, the famous Carrie necklace from right. Sex in the City. Yes. Well, I got one in the style of that, but instead of saying Carrie, it says Clary. <laughs> And what, what's great about it is if you ever choose to wear it out, which you I've shouldn't. done once and yeah. no one said anything. Oh, I was going to say if you'd have to explain this thing and then people would go, oh. And <laughs> <laughs> I wore it to I wore I it to school drop off once, and I just wanted to see if anyone would say anything. Yeah, I, and I wore it. I guess like not ironically. I don't know. I just I just wore it. Not a single person said anything. Yeah. And I just like walked around. I was hoping someone would say something so I could be like, it's not. It's just a joke. It's not real. But so people could be looking and going, what the fuck? Yeah, is they going would on be. There? People would be like, Jesus, what's yeah. going on there? Anyway, it was an excellent gift, and I really appreciate well, it. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much, sir. No worries. I loved it. What kind of novelty necklace can I get you next year? <laughs> uh, Who knows? Now, um. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm I'm back in 100% for uh, a little show, one of my favourite shows on television. It's called Love is Blind. <laughs> We're back for season two on Netflix. What a, oh, my uh, God. I, I worked my way all through season season one, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Claire. I've never watched an episode, but you, I know, got Okay, so very this is what invested. it is. You get 15 men. You get 15 women. They live in separate spaces. They can't see each other. I mean, the men and the women are in separate spaces. And then they go into dating pods where they talk to the other person that they're trying to date. But the thing is, because love is blind in this case, they've all had their eyes pulled out. So they're all screaming in agony whilst trying to find love. No, they can't see the other person because there's like a divider between. So the idea is that you build a connection based on 
like personality as ah, opposed, yes, 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 which yes, yes. leads to all sorts of crazy situations. Let me tell you that much, Claire. Mm. And the thing is like, it's interesting for me as I'm not a big reality show guy at all. And I don't know what it is about this particular one, <laughs> why I'm watching <laughs> it. Uh, but you're watching people date and you're like, yeah, that works. You can see why they would get together and all that seems a bit fast, but you know, at the same time, who am I to judge? They seem genuinely into each other and that's cool. Do you know what I mean? There's other people who are like, oh man, I would not do that. What is wrong with you? Oh, don't say that. That person doesn't even like you or whatever. Or I can see where this is going to go and you're going to, I mean, even if you do get married, you've fucked up here royally. This is, I mean, I could check your Instagram. I bet if I checked right now, I'd know, uh, I know that you weren't actually together now, but I won't do that because I don't want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> Anyways, and sometimes like there's like a person will be like, oh, you know, I don't really connect with this person or whatever. I feel like it's, you know, I don't know. I'm looking for something there and then when I saw them and I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. That's why because your personality sucks. This is actually a really good situation that you're in. This is the best you'll ever do and you're ruining it. You're ruining it for yourself or whatever. And there's one one guy in particular I remember who's like, you joke too much. You you tease me and I, and I want compliments. And I'm like, look at this fucking sook. Get over it, mate. Get get over it, I say to him, Claire. That's what I say. Um, and then there's a, and then there's another moment, which because I'm about halfway through, where uh, this girl's like, "Oh, I saw you talking to so and so, whatever. You were quite involved because they were together." And she's like, "I saw you talking to someone else." And he's like, "And he's like, I was just talking about capitalism." And I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> this guy really speaks to me as a human being." Anyways, it's very like manipulated, obviously, because as these things are, they're edited a certain way. You know what I mean? And they, there's always a villain. There's always a villain, and they cut things together. And you're like, did that even happen on the same day? You know what I mean? When they cut those things together, or who they cut Spoiler, to in the reactions? Probably not. Probably not exactly. And it's very over the top and whatever. But you know what? It's the best show on television, <laughs> and I'm happy to say that here. Do you have any questions? Because I just. I feel like I'm interrupting and you're not interrupting. And I don't know whether it's because you're not listening and you hate me <laughs> or because you're really tired. Which is it? And both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just so tired. I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with me. We can't ever be both the same level of not tired, don't you think? Yeah. What would happen then in the world? We would just, no one don't would know. get a word in edgewise. I mate. agree. The earth would spin off its axis have, into the sun. Yes, great. Okay, I have a question for you. All right, here we go. Here, here we go. Is love really blind? I think it. I think it can definitely help because I think with most relationships, and the, you know, I think if you don't have the foundation of like this is somebody you want to spend time with, then it's eventually you're both going to be super ugly and old. So you <laughs> need something else there. You know what I mean? And that's something that you can like build and develop over the, over a time. That but like, true. I don't understand why you would initially hang out with somebody. I mean, if they're attractive, that you know, I, I that I get. Don't get me wrong, Claire. Don't get me wrong, Claire. <laughs> I will. I will. Um, I'll get you wrong. But like, why would you put yourself through that if you're like this? Just no, I'm not. I don't like I this. Know. You know what's interesting? I had this conversation with a friend who's single, and she was saying that what she's observed over some of her friends' relationships, particularly the men, mm. is that some of them, like choosing a partner based on attractiveness and also maybe ability to make their home nice and oh, yeah. cook and do things. Oh, you can do that? <laughs> I know. You really, you really screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> and she is kind of puzzled by it and surprised in a way because they're very sort of smart guys who – you know, have a lot of friends who are women who are very intelligent and have sort of great banter and conversations, yep. but their partners are really lovely, but there's it's there's obviously maybe an intellectual disparity there or they don't really have similar interests. 
And I just wonder if like, I don't know what, I'm not even, I don't even have a point to this other than it, it's just interesting to me whether over time you would regret that decision and whether sometimes people choose partners based on what their parents' relationship was like sure. unconsciously and then they end up in a situation where down the line everyone's got old and ugly and now yeah. you have nothing to talk about. But, I don't know. But boy, do you have a nice house. Well, exactly. Um, and, I do, or, and nice throw rugs. Or is it just that people are looking for different things in relationships and I, is I think okay? it's probably that, like it's that. But also I think some people just want a mum to look after them. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have. I mean, I have a mum. What if I had a second mum that lived with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I think one, that's yeah. what I think it is. Like this person will raise my kids and I'll come home and they'll be there and you know what I mean? And everything will be ready and clean and whatever, which is fine if like if that's your relationship but, then, and you're both, that's both what you want, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, I but yeah, but I, I've, I've observed that. Like I've happens. seen people, and I think it, it does work both work both ways, depending on what you might look for a particular thing or want a particular thing, but that might, might not necessarily be the thing that makes like that happy. makes you happy. You Ultimately, know? it's a very I mean, I Charlotte Trey situation from Sex of the City. Oh my god, that's a great example. She wants the perfect husband. It's, exactly, it's a great example. And then all she really wants is Harry Harry. She wants Harry Harry. <laughs> She does. Oh, look, I know relationships are complicated, hey, but it is interesting, isn't it, the mm. difference? I know. But I've seen that with like you meet people's wives or husbands and you're like, what is this? Expl- explain this to me. And you say it to them, <laughs> yeah. to their faces. What is this? <laughs> and not even like this person's awful. It's just like I don't understand what this is exactly. Like, what? But then like I don't care. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and also, yeah, I mean, relate- happy. and this is why Love is Blind is so fascinating. And, and maybe right? you get different things from different people. Like maybe mm. someone's like, this is the person I can rely on and I trust and I love and we'll and we'll we'll be there for each other. And then I have my friends I go bowling with or whatever. I don't know. What are people what do normal people do? I don't know. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean though? Yeah, you I get don't know different what you things mean. from and, Yeah, different yeah. people. And Esther Perel, who I really love and follow, is a relationship guru. Mm. And she says that the one of the problems with modern relationships is that we're expecting to get everything from one person. Sure, yeah. And that's too much pressure on one relationship, whereas really you should have a village of people that you do different things with. Mm. And it, that's important to kind of understand yeah, that definitely. you don't have to have all of the same interests and be into all of the same things and never have any anyone else to do anything else with, you That's know, because right. it suffocates each other then. We have three things in common, if you don't mind. <laughs> Correct. Sex in the City. Yes. Both the original and the reboot slash revival. <laughs> our first kid, our second kid. Those are the three things... <laughs> And that's the only things we talk about. Thank uh, God Sex in the City reboot came back. I know. Back. I don't know what we would have done. we each other not saying anything for like 20 years. I was like, I'm just, I just wanted to watch Love is Blind so I can talk about <laughs> Love is Blind. I want to save this marriage while I can. Uh, so but yeah, fun. I don't know. I mean, because like all of my experience, well, most of my experience, I guess, is like, you know, being with you. So like, I don't know. I don't know what I else know. is going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. Love meet, is Blind. You ever meet someone and you're like, this person's fine, but you're like, this sucks. I hate this. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Do you remember that? This sucks. Yeah. It happens a lot. <laughs> it's happening, yeah, it's happening in this room right now. What? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. I will also say I really like this reality TV watching side of you. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait for season three. Apparently they already filmed it in 2021. <laughs> hey, did you start 
watching this ironically? I don't know. It was just on. I, I remember. Went, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. You did start watching it ironically. I probably did. And then you really go. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, I watched two. Look at me. <laughs> and then I was like, I watched every episode. Yeah, so yeah. And now you really. And then I forgot. You've loved it so much. You've forgotten. And now you're just watching it as a, a fan. Yeah. Which is what happened to us with, when we were living remotely when we watched Big Brother. It's true. And we became so invested. Big Brother season 2012. Oh, I actually saw that dude who won that year. Yeah. At like a premiere like last year. And like <laughs> I have no idea what he's up to. I don't know his name, but I nearly went up and said, hey, I love that season. It was awesome. It's the only se- season I watched, but then I'm also like, he, why would I do that? I'm going to leave this guy alone. <laughs> really appreciate oh, it. Probably. But he was with people, do you know what I mean? And, you know, you don't need I just, I just wanted to be like, I was happy for you, man. I was rooting for you. <laughs> like, good on you. You won a million bucks or whatever. That's fucking awesome. Good for you. So I hope you. I hope you're doing well. Exactly. And good on him. Yeah. Good on him. What's his name? I don't and know. And it was also interesting because he was and presumably still is gay. And in 2012, like, it was like, huh, I didn't think the Australian public... Would vote. Would vote. But then, you know, the same thing happened when the marriage equality thing, like, got voted yeah, through. It surprised most me. Of our cult, most of our community, society in Australia is pretty moderate, yeah, like, in the middle. Definitely. You know? But I also think a lot of Australian society in terms of, like, people getting married, like gay marriage and all of those things and, you know, people who are trans or whatever, not always, or non-binary, people are just like, yeah, whatever. I think that's the general consensus in what for most people, but then there's people who are actively like campaigning yeah. against that because they're fucking miserable people and they should just mind their fucking business. Stay out of it, shut You've your really, mouth. Yeah, I agree. But also, I think that's always the way, right? Like, people, the people screaming on Twitter are the minorities. Yeah. And the majority of us are just trying to get through or our politicians days. are like, this is virtue signaling. Yeah, shut exactly. Up. Whereas most of us are just trying to get some sleep. Exactly. Some goddamn some, sleep. Just, like, I let just me, want some sleep. Get some sleep. I mean, get some <laughs> you sleep. You know, everyone, let everyone live their lives. Do you have Twilight, Claire? Um, no. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, on Caravan of Garbage, we've done all five Twilight movies. Jeez, oh. we watched five Twilight movies, Claire. That's so many. And Ben and Lawrence edited them. Incredible stuff. so star. impressive. You know what's interesting about the Twilight movies? No. I mean, they're weird and gross, but by God, they are compelling. At certain moments, like as opposed to watching like the Transformers movies when we did five of those in a row and I wanted to die. Uh, oh, God, those movies are so boring. I know. But there's no like connectivity really between them. And I'm like, well, didn't this guy get cut in half in the last movie? What What do you mean Unicron's back? Didn't he fall into a portal or whatever? What was going on? But like there's an internal logic to it. I mean, it's not cool. I don't like it. But you know what I mean? There's like a through line. Yeah. Which I find. I loved the first movie. You loved and it? I, yeah, I remember loving I it. I mean, great performances all around, an yeah, incredible and cast. and I also enjoyed the books. I got really into you them. Watched, you read all the books? Not all of them. I reckon I read the first two. Oh, that's interesting. So you didn't get up to the book where the werewolf man falls in love with the baby when it's born. What? Yes, Claire, that happens. That it is happens so in the movie Twilight and the book's Twilight. <laughs> yeah. What do you? No, it's literal. The imprint, he imprints on um, Bella, Bella and Edward's baby. Oh. But the idea is, you should watch the videos, Claire. They're incredible. Uh, they're incredible videos. But what that when that. the they start as like a protector, and then they evolve as the person grows into a best friend, and then when the person comes of age, romantic feelings on both sides occur. That's grooming. That's grooming, Claire. You're right. That's grooming. <laughs> it's grooming, yes. Ew. Yes. No. It's weird. It's so weird. I agree. Mate. Anyway, still not as weird as the Transformers movies. 
Do you know there's a scene in the Transformers movies where one of the guys pulls out a card? He's like, Mike Mike Warburg's like, you can't date my daughter, you're 19. He pulls out a card that's like, well, actually I can because we started dating when we were both in high school and now according to this law that I carry a laminated card that I carry in my pocket, I can prove that even though she's 17 and I'm 19 or 20 or whatever, that yes, legally we can date. I'm like, if you have to laminate a card and explain that to people, you probably shouldn't be dating. Also... Oh, also, not a real law in real life. So it's like, why is it even in the movie? No. Very strange. It's a strange movie. <laughs> Written by dudes. How did you know? That's just what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Stephanie Meyer wrote the Twilight book. Yeah, I know. So that's... Yeah, uh, I know, but the, yeah, I don't know. There's a whole other thing going on. Oh, there is. There? Yep. An undercurrent of some, some things. Yes. All right, well, can we move off the, the Twilight thing? So I sneak in one Oh, yeah, I would love you to sneak in a different thing. All right, okay, so I have a couple of podcast episodes. I won't <sighs> go into them in too much detail, but I just want to say that I found them helpful for anyone who is having a hard time currently because mm. aren't we all? And if you aren't having a hard time, good for you. You're probably not paying attention. So, <laughs> Claire, come on. Maybe some people are just like, I've got enough on my plate. I've had a hell of a year. Maybe I just don't want to look at a missile hit another Yeah, I'm not saying I don't recommend anyone looking at, you know, all the things. Whatever situation, if you're having a situation, I have a few episodes of podcasts that have been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. One of them is, or there are two from Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Had Things. One is What to Do With Our Short Precious Life with Kate Bowler. Now, it sounds depressing. Kate Bowler has um, been diagnosed with a terminal illness and she's she's a writer and a speaker and a commentator and you would think, and a historian, and you would think that it would be depressing as an episode. It's actually brilliantly funny and glorious and life-affirming and I just want to bottle Kate Bowler and take her with me everywhere. So if you need a buck-up... It, I mean, I know it sounds like a depressing thing, but it's one of those weird things where sometimes in like really dark times, there's actually a huge amount of comedy slash joy. So I just find her really delightful. Awesome. Um, another episode that was great was The Big Lies and the Truth About Happiness with Dr. Laurie Santos. And I just thought she was a real no bullshit kind of person. Yep, yep. Very straight talking with some really practical strategies. So really love that. And I can't remember if I've talked about this before, but I'll just mention it again. The How to Fail podcast with Elizabeth Day, where she interviews Brene Brown, came out very recently in her current season of the show. And it is such a great episode and such a wonderful trajectory sort of arc going back over what Brene Brown's kind of career has been like and when she was selling books that no one would publish from the boot of her car and some guy was like, oh, your book's really great. Um, let me use it in my lecture theatre. And she and he said, but who's this publisher? And she said, oh, it's self-published. And he said, oh, I don't ever use self-published text in my classroom. Why is it, What did he think was happening when she was selling her book from the back of her car? What well, he no, think? he was like a colleague of hers in, oh, in, in okay. the university. What did he, so he liked the book until it was... Yeah. Uh, how many books did he publish? Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe many, maybe none. I don't know but this anyway, dude. I don't know him. Yeah. But I hope he's dead. Uh, Sorry, please go well, on. Well, there you go. Anyway, but now she's obviously Brene Brown, like yeah. one of the most famous, important writers What's on he doing? social emotional... He's um, dead. The science behind, um, anyway, let me start again. Oh, God. You went for so, a swim. You went for a swim. It fries your brain. what happened? Because yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm just keeling over. I'm like struggling through a cement. Let me tell you, Claire, I'm having a hell of a time listening to this story. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody who's listening. We all agree, don't we? Yeah, we love Claire. We love what she's saying. <laughs> we, she, you can do it. Wow. <laughs> it's 
great that we can hear some of our listeners. Every now and then it sneaks through. Are you okay? <laughs> you know things have really gone bad. Claire, you, you need, need to... your husband to pretend to be tiny people. No, I'm real. <laughs> and I'm not tiny. It's just that I'm far away. Anyways, I think you've gone off track here. You're getting a bit giddy. And I'm actually... I'm actually uh, losing concentration here. I might actually switch off. So you better, you need to get it together. What was I talking about, Brene Brown? You're talking about Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. She's, <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you want me to stop? She's a shame researcher, James. Oh, I, well, you don't need to tell me. She researches leadership and shame and resilience and all the things and she's Sick. a really incredible science science. Sort of no, I, anyway, she's Would you really say academic great. scientific she's mind. An, yes, that's what I was going for. She's excellent, but she's also really Texan and funny and down to earth. And she just reminds you, as I'm always reminded of, that everyone looks like they've got their shit together and nobody does. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Scratch the surface, which I find really comforting. I know, right? And that's it. That's a show. That's all my recommendations. Yeah, don't you love it? Don't you love it, Claire? Mm. When like somebody you're like, this person's really got it together. Look at this. Yeah. Look how clean their car is for one. Yes. There's no sand in their car. Oh, the car that always has sand so in it. Nice. And then you I find know. out that you're like, that person has like I don't crippling know. OCD. Or yeah, or something like that. And I'm like, something. oh, thank God. Thank, <laughs> not like good, but no, like. No, <laughs> no. I don't wish a mental illness on anyone. Yeah. However, it's just good to know that you're not alone. That's right. In the, yeah, the gloom. Yeah. The the belly holding everything together. People think that, yes. like, a lot of people think, like, this guy's perfect and he's got it together. He's got a very even do temperament they? and he's got a lot of confidence. Do they? Yeah, well, I get a lot of emails think, like that. I think people, well, people we, who actually know you <laughs> think you're odd. <laughs> we know James and <laughs> we're good. Listen, that person needs to stop. Look, we're trying to do a show here and you keep trying to over, talk over us. It's okay. Is the, this is where we're at now in 2022. James has now invented a voice that he's using to talk out loud. We're talk- we're going way over time. I agree. We're always looking at the time suspiciously. You know what though? What helps me pass the time? Go over to what, listen. You always do a segue very well, smooth. That wasn't smooth, a good one. I wasn't happy with that. I could have rethought. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm hungover <laughs> still for some reason, even though it's been four days. You can actually review the show, and it helps so much. You can just do it in app. It's as easy as going clickety clack. Here we go. Here I'm giving something back. So you don't have to, but, you know, and you don't have to give back. You've got a lot going on probably. But high tide, bracket Steve says, to the old boot and madam skinny knees. After (laughs) listening to the alleged more successful podcast, I heard James carry over the topic of Lego from this uh, here podcast. I decided to delve into and, uh, and may I say, I was not disappointed at all. If I could give more stars, I would. Take all the stars like a greedy star thief. You both deserve (laughs) it. Most things won't change your life. This podcast didn't, but I'm sure glad I had it to binge while nothing in my life changed. Smiley face. Uh, thank you both. Thank Aww, you. High thank Tide you. Bracket Steve. That's thank a very you. kind thing to say. That is. And I hope things have changed, but in a good way. Correct. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's lovely. Well, if you would also like to contact the show with <sighs> your suggestible, you can. It's jessapod at gmail.com. Just like Michael Smart has done. Now, Ooh. Michael Smart, this was a lovely email. Um, And I'm just going to read it out. I'd love to hear Um, it. All right. So Michael Smart has written a lovely email to us with some recommendations. And just it is about Ukraine and what's happening there. Mm. But I think beautifully said. 
Well, he's Michael Smart. It would have to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's very specific. Yeah. All right. So from my foreign idiot's understanding, Ukrainian <laughs> President Volodymyr Zelensky didn't necessarily have the best approval rating, but I don't think we can say he isn't putting in the effort and being an incredible leader at the moment. His speech to the Russian people is super powerful and persuasive. Now, I've got Collings to put a link to it if you haven't watched it oh, cool. in the show notes. It's just so inspiring and incredible to watch. As Michael says, his defiance this week, staying in Ukraine and giving this speech on the second day of the invasion instead of leaving the country, and I think even the US offered to fly him out of there and he's just, you know, standing his ground. Yes. was just amazing to see. Yeah, as Michael said, he was replying to the US offers to evacuate him and saying that he needs an anti-tank ammo, not a ride. Mm, yeah, I did say that. Yeah. yeah, spending time with soldiers, even though Russian special forces are trying to assassinate him, is just amazing. And I don't know about you in Australia, but I can't think of any of my arsehole politicians in the UK who would dare to be as strong a leader. Nope. As, as that. You know this dude played a the president on television? Yes. Before this? <laughs> Yes. And among other things. I just really hope he was he, a comedian. Yeah, as well. he's done he's like an entertainer. And I think he's from like a very rich family or whatever. But look, I at this point, and I think it's not a good idea to put your entire faith in somebody because, you know, often things up things end up getting milkshake ducked. Have you are you familiar with this? No. So this is the thing. So this is the, the original tweet. Uh, it's from Pixelated Boat. It's from twenty sixteen. It says the whole internet loves milkshake duck, and you could replace that for any particular person, you know what I mean, who yeah. appears. So the whole, whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you that the duck is racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you find a thing and you're yes. like, wow, they go, like, oh, no. That, and then oh. everyone ruins it, which Mason <laughs> does with me for every comedian that I enjoy. It's and then true. he's like, this terrible thing about them. And it makes me sad. Yes, correct. And look, absolutely. I'm not saying I don't know this guy personally, obviously, but as Michael says, I'll just finish his email. When it comes down to it, any sort of peaceful resolution to this is going to need the support of peoples over the world. Putting pressure on Putin and reducing even further the number of Russians who actually want to fight. But Zelensky seems like the guy for that. And he says, Slava Ukraini. So on a, on a lighter note, here's a compilation of Zelensky winning the Ukrainian Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yes, I did say this. Three years ago. And on a completely unrelated note that's cheerier and just to annoy James, since he was making up that he didn't like singing during your Christmas episodes, there's also another YouTube link. Cheers and thanks for the pod. Oh, my God. This man does it all. I know. He's the president. He won a dancing competition. Incredible. Look at this man dance not only by himself but with and among the stars. Correct. Anyways, I hope he doesn't die because that would be... Very demoralizing, you know what I mean? Correct. And there yes. is the like the fear that if this, you know, if the one if the very strong leader disappears, then the whole thing can turn into a horrible Afghanistan situation, you know what I mean? And mm. it's just like ugh. I know, and I guess that's what's been blowing my mind as well as the courage of him to be on social media, mm. to stay with his family, he's got kids as yeah. well, still in Ukraine. Now he's meeting with the leaders this week too. So I would leave. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And but I'm a big coward. Do you know what else? I saw, this is just on a total other I was note. clapping because to kill a mosquito so people weren't like, woo. Uh, sorry, go on. I just, I know we need to finish. This is a very long episode. But I did see a writer being interviewed from Ukraine on um, the ABC mm. yesterday and he was saying strangely that his time in Ukraine, for whatever reason, is one of the most 
poignant, romantic kind of times he's ever witnessed, which is so strange. But it reminded me of that when you're going through really dark tragedy, Mm. that life becomes technicolour. Sure, And I think he was referring to just the way that every ordinary person is making huge sacrifices to try and protect their home and standing up in this kind of David and Goliath situation. Mm. And no one really knows where it's all going to go. But just that spark of humanity and courage that he was witnessing every day on the streets where he walked, which I know I'm sure has happened in so many other places in the world Of course, yeah. This is just the latest in a long line of... Correct. Afghanistan, Palestine. I know. It's just, I mean... So many places in the mm. world have faced and are facing this kind of conflict. Um, yep. Anyway, but it just reminded me that human beings also have so much goodness. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, I can't wait to hear people writing in and going, oh, actually, Russia's right and whatever. <laughs> we, no, we probably won't get it on this, but if we talked about the weekly planet, we would inevitably get that, <laughs> get that email or comment. Everyone has different opinions. Sure, but that one's not right. Anyways, let's go, Claire. Yeah, sending big love to everyone out there. We certainly are. And thank you for listening and I hope you're doing well. Love you. It's just nice to bookend another show with an awful world event again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's just good to come back to that that tried and true format that people come here for. I've I've read a couple of comments from people who've gone back in time and have been listening to Suggestible from the start and have been saying how strange it is to listen to us before pre-pandemic, yeah. talking about some of the terrible things and thinking we had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> I get that, but like more in relation to uh, actually that person wasn't in the Batman movie when you said that in 2014. I'm like, yeah, I know because I also live in the <laughs> present day, idiot. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. All that's right. not what I'm saying in relation to this. That's a different scenario. Anyway, goodbye. I feel like I have to preface everything by saying I'm sorry, all right? All right. Anyway, we've been suggestible podcast. Thank you, I'm Claire Collins, Tunty, for James editing. Summit, everything's, in, everything's linked below. And thanks, Collins. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.